This is Rays Radio. And the pitch on its way. Swing, and he popped him up. Shallow right center. Kiermaier started back. Sprinting in. Dives and makes the catch. Welcome to Countdown to Opening Day. Kevin Kiermaier putting on a show here in the fifth inning. And the Blue Jays leave him loaded. Coming up. We sit down with Rays players, coaches, and front office executives to discuss the latest news in Rays baseball. Swing and a long drive, way up into the air. Out of sight to right field and off the video board. What a shot for Dickerson. A three-run homer. It's 6-3 to three Rays. Now to get you ready for opening day, here are the voices of the Rays. It is that time again. It is baseball season in Tampa Bay, and we are ready to talk baseball on Countdown to Opening Day, our first of what will be numerous broadcasts all throughout 2018 as we get set for baseball, the new season for the Tampa Bay Rays. With Dave Wills, I'm Andy Free, coming to you tonight from the Golden Diamond Source Performance Theater and with a cast of many people still coming in, having braved the traffic up West Gandy Boulevard. And, Dave, it is great to talk baseball for you. How you been? I'm doing pretty good, and uh, it is good to be talking baseball. And, you know, a lot of stuff going on here over the last uh, couple of days. Obviously, yesterday, uh, Stu Sternberg, Ryan Alden Company were uh, unveiling some of our plans for the 20th anniversary season. And now, as we made our way into the uh, studios here tonight, we're hearing about maybe some plans that we'll be talking about for the next 20 to 25 years, if not more. But uh, So it's an exciting time around the Tampa Bay Rays, there's no doubt. And there's still, uh, you know, again, some intrigue as to how this team is all going to be put together. So hopefully here in the next few minutes uh, we'll be visiting with Eric Neander, who is the general manager of the Tampa Bay Rays, and we'll get some ideas as to what pieces he still may be looking for. I know it's been a, a bit of a tumultuous offseason again. Whenever you lose the face of your franchise and trade him like the Rays did, Evan Longoria going to the San Francisco Giants, it's one of those things where uh, I wouldn't call it a great thing, but uh, Evan is going to be able to now have spring training where he lives. He's going to be able to play out on the west coast of the state of California where he's from, and the Rays were able to pick up a local kid, a couple of local guys, as a matter of fact. So, again, uh, I'm looking forward to spring training. Always have, hopefully always will. And uh, it's only six days away before pitchers and catchers report, which I still think should be a holiday. Well, it is for us. Whether it is for uh, everyone else, uh, I think it tends to be. Two days until FanFest also. We have so many numbers to count down on. FanFest is coming Saturday, and we'll be meeting a lot of the new Rays players also. But kind of like what you're saying with Evan not here anymore, I don't know whether to focus on who's not here or, or who is still here. I mean, it seemed like it was a foregone conclusion that many of the names that we've come to know, like an Alex Colomay or Jake Odorizzi, would have been traded by now. That has not happened. They're making plans to be in spring training with the Rays. Lots of free agents remain all around Major League Baseball. So to me, it's almost a a disorienting time. I'm not quite sure who's going to be where in Major League Baseball yet, but I think this team is, is certainly looking forward, and that trade of Evan Longoria signifies that, that this team is looking to go young. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's one of those things where we're not exactly breaking up the 27 <laughs> Yankees either. I mean, I don't mean to, to, to you know, say that I'm not upset about the trade. I mean, it's going to be weird. Mm. It always was weird to look out on the field and not see Evan Longoria at third base. It's going to be even more weird to not see him in uniform, period. So Absolutely. what he did for this franchise, I mean, I wouldn't be wearing this ring if it wasn't for Evan Longoria. We have some banners raised up in the uh, the rafters of Tropicana Field because of Evan Longoria. So am I, I going to miss him? Absolutely. But 
at the same time, I'm intrigued by some of the kids uh, that we picked up, or at least one of the kids, especially the local kid in Christian Arroyo. I'm intrigued by some of the guys that we might be bringing up here sometime during the season, like Jake Bowers and uh, also Brent Honeywell. And you go down the line. I mean, we've got a lot of guys that, as I look ahead to spring training, that, uh, you know, it, it's going to be kind of interesting. Willie Adamas, Diego Castillo, Yanni Chirinos, Ryan Yarbrough, Justin Williams, just to name a few. So, uh, you know, I, I our focus – when we first got here in 05, 06, and even at 07, we did a lot of peeking over our shoulder to see what might be coming from Durham because we're like, we need as much help as we can get. And then in 08, things started to change. We started really focusing on the big league team. Same thing in 10 and for the next uh, close to a decade. Really, that's where my focal point had always been on what's going on at the big league level. Now, it's a little more split. I'm kind of intrigued by some of the young guys that we had last year or the last couple of years and what they're going to do. But I'm also going to be seeing and uh, hoping – that guys like a Jake Bowers and a Willie Adamas, I mean, when was the last time we had a positional guy really come up and make a real impact offensively right away? Maybe Evan Longoria. I was Gloria. about to say that. I mean, yes, yeah. we've got the guy who has made an impact defensively and now is starting to make a, a, an impact offensively, joining us here in a little while in Kevin Kiermaier. He's become one of the best players going on this team, so we'll be talking to KK here in a little bit. But when was the last time we really were kind of frothing at the mouth, waiting for a guy offensively who can help us out and maybe Jake Bowers and Willie Adamas are a couple of those guys. Well, and, and in line with what you're saying, too, about not breaking up the 27 Yankees, I mean, obviously, that the Evan Longoria trade is what people are still, I'm sure, coming up to you talking about. They're still coming up to me talking about. But this is a team that's been under 500 for the last four years. So Evan's 32, best days behind him, quite possibly. Not definitely. Still a very good quality player. Two of the last three years, probably a bit underachieving. 36 homers two years ago. Maybe a bit overachieving. So maybe it makes a little more sense to get rid of a guy as they say a year too early compared to a year too late. Get what you can back if you're truly going to build this thing. The, the, the danger of teams when they have a plan is to deviate from that plan. The Rays have clearly committed towards this next core of young players coming up. So do you have to do it? Do you have to rip off the Band-Aid? You bet. And it hurts. It stings. And it always will. It does. And, you know, you don't go swimming by putting your toe in the water. you got to go in yep. the water. And I think, again, that's something that we have talked about here. Uh, we'll talk about it more with Eric Neander in a little bit. So I'm intrigued. I mean, you know, I'm not walking around uh, making a whole lot of plans for October. But I'll tell you what, at this time in 2008, I got a phone call from my family and said, hey, Dave, we're going to have a uh, surprise 75th birthday for dad sometime in October of 2008. Are you good? I'll be there. No problem. We don't do anything. We win 60 games. We went to the World Series that year. So, That's right. you know, it's one of those things. Uh, maybe I have to have a birthday party for my dad again this year and uh, see how things play out. But, you know, hey, something, something always seems to kind of positively happen for the Rays, the Devil Rays, whatever, when it comes to the years that end in eight. 98, the Devil Rays were born. Oh, wait, we went to the World Series. 2018, maybe something positive is awaiting us here in this season as well. And I, again, just, I got the, the you know, excited yesterday, seeing some of the things that we're going to do yeah. to celebrate our 20th anniversary season. I mean, I love the looks of, uh, you know, again, the throwback jerseys that uh, our friends at Majestic did. The new hat that they came out with is tremendous. We were just talking to some people behind uh, uh, in the green room there that, that we sold it out online in a matter of hours. It's a awesome looking new era cap. We've got uh, all kinds of promotions planned that are surrounding this 20th anniversary. Uh, some great gear that's going to be available thanks to our new friends at uh, Levy. And uh, again, it, it's really kind of an exciting time. And while we're looking back, we'll also be looking forward with some of these young players. And, you know, I, my, I know our motto right now is that we're not going to be as bad as a lot of people think. Uh, I know some people have come out with 84, 85 wins already. I mean, uh, you still got to play the games, but 
I think we've got to get back to what we did to raise those banners in 08, 10, 11, and 13, which we've talked about before. We tried the home runs the last couple of years, folks. Andy and I really worked on our home run call. It helped. We did it over 200 times <laughs> each of the last two years. But it didn't equate to wins. It didn't equate a lot of times to runs either outside of maybe the one with solo home runs. So we've got to get back to pitching and catching it, and I think we've got to get back to being a little more athletic, and I think those are some of the things we're trying to accomplish. Five days until pitchers and catchers report, 11 days until the first full squad workout, 15 days until the first spring training game, which is February the 23rd. We'll be broadcasting on 620 WDAE starting the next day on the 24th and 49 days until opening day, the earliest opening day that we've ever had, March 29th at Tropicana Field against the Boston Red Sox at 4 o'clock. This is Countdown to Opening Day from the Golden Diamond Source Performance Theater just off of West Gandy. With Dave Wills, I'm Andy Freed. We will take a break, and when we come back, we'll be joined by the Rays Senior Vice President of Baseball Operations and General Manager, Eric Neander, and later Kevin Kiermeyer. We're just getting started. We're here till 7 o'clock, and we're glad you're with us talking Rays baseball in 620 WDAE. We'll be back. Rays Fan Fest presented by the Tampa Bay Times is this Saturday from 11 a.m. until 4. That's just two days from now. Admission and parking are, of course, free as it's been every year. Mingle with Rays players, shop at the Rays charity yard sale, take advantage of special ticket offers, and, of course, plenty more. For more information, visit RaysBaseball.com slash Fan Fest. Raise up. With Andy Freed, I am Dave Wills, and we are inside the Golden Diamond Source Performance Theater here in our studio's at 620 WDAE, your home for Rays baseball throughout the year. And we are joined right now by the Rays Senior Vice President and General Manager, Eric Neander. And, uh, Eric, uh, first of all, thanks for taking the time to join us. I know we're on the eve of spring training, and uh, we, you know, we're trying to work our schedules with everybody. Some people are already down in uh, Punta Gorda, Port Charlotte, getting ready for the beginning of camp, which is less than a week away. But, uh, you know, again, it's, it's probably been – I know you haven't been at the job a very, very long time, but – it's probably been one of the more unique off seasons because as I was prepping for the show today and you start looking around, not only at the Rays roster, which yes, we had some guys who have moved along, but we haven't had maybe as many additions as I think a lot of people had anticipated. And then you look at other teams around the entire division. There haven't been a whole lot of additions for those teams either. Even ones with a big bucks. I mean, how, how different has this off season been for you guys in the baseball operations department? Very different. Uh, it, this is probably as unsettled um, as I think the rosters across the league have been this late into the winter and as long as, you know, I've, I've been with the Rays since 2007, 2008. So, uh, you know, we, we went into this offseason uh, with a, a desire to commit to some of our younger players to make sure opportunities were present to let some of the, um, you know, our, our, our really strong talent that's kind of coming up through the system to give them a chance to acclimate to break in, and that was our thought, and then you know, you're sitting here and there's a hundred, you know, major league free agents sitting out there still looking for work. And it, it gets you thinking about all sorts of different things about different directions to take it. But uh, at the end of the day, we're really pleased with the group of talent we have now. Um, the the roster, our roster in the league is as unsettled as it's been, like I said, this late in the winter is, you know, as long as I can remember. And, you know, we're going to kind of play with what we have and keep an eye on things and try to be opportunistic and do anything that we think can make us better. There's been lots of speculation about why it's been the way it's been, and I don't know if we can solve that or if there really is an answer to that. But ultimately, from where you sit, what is the effect of it? I mean, in my mind, 
could it leave a lot of guys wanting to get one-year deals with camps starting to break? I mean, and there's going to be that extra spring training camp. We understand going on right now. That's going to be going on as, as the, the regular camps are going on. How does this market affect the Rays moving into 2018? Yeah, it's, it's a lot of that. I, I haven't been in the position of any of these players. Um, that wasn't my direction in life, but uh, I can only imagine just being in that, in that position and, and trying to get yourself settled. You know, you're, you're talking about guys that have families and, mm-hmm. you know, wives and uh, you're a free agent. You don't necessarily know what the future holds and as little as two weeks from now, you know, so getting into a camp would be something that'd be pretty important to me. And, but how that affects behavior, you know, um, Every, everyone is their own person and how they go about doing it. But uh, like I said, we're going to try to be opportunistic with it. From our standpoint, uh, we're really excited about the talent we have in our camp and uh, the young talent in particular, but just in total, and we'll see where it goes. You know, here we are. Uh, we're, we've kind of, we're looking back at the 20th anniversary and the past 20 years of what uh, is going on with the Tampa Bay Devil Rays slash now Tampa Bay Rays. We're also maybe on the eve of beginning what might take place over the next 25 years with the Tampa Bay Rays with the announcement that uh, there might uh, be some stadium talks uh, beginning tomorrow uh, in Ybor City. So with that all being said, why don't we focus on the present for a little bit here? And, you know, we've touched on a little bit in the first segment about some of the intriguing new faces that might be around on the everyday playing roster, at least on the roster. But I want to even take a step further and and look at maybe some of the new faces that are going to be among the coaching staff. Uh, Kevin Cash is back for his fourth season. Last year the Rays were 80 and 82, but we've made some changes to the coaching staff that, uh, again, no offense to anybody that was here before. As a matter of fact, I still think Jim Hickey is one of the best pitching coaches going in the game. But there there seems to be like a renewed maybe – freshness or what have you, uh, to try and kind of freshen things up a little bit within the coach's office and to change things around. And I think it could be something that could energize this ball, ball team uh, as far as once they get down to spring training. Yeah, there could be a little bit of enough youth in, in every area that we, we don't know better and we just go and play and, and have fun and let the talent and let the talent go. But uh, our coaching staff, you know, when, when Kevin came in here, uh, he, he, he came in and largely inherited a coaching staff that was very successful. Um, and you know, that's, that's not an easy thing to do. And Kevin, you know, handled that wonderfully and was supportive of that and had a, you know, a, a tremendous staff, but you know, as time has gone on and like you said, uh, the, the, the people that have been here and, you know, our previous coaches and Hick is an example, I completely agree with what you just said in terms of his, uh, capabilities as a pitching coach. He's wonderful, but this was an opportunity, I think, the way it played out for Kevin to kind of put his stamp on the staff and, and to get people that uh, as he goes forward and he grows and takes the next chapter in his managing career that, um, you know, this is a great group for him and uh, a group that has a lot of roots within this franchise at different points in their own careers and uh, really a lot of excitement for, for how these guys have clicked and kind of feeding off of each other to, to be the best coaches and leaders for our players that they can be. And to just give you, again, a little recap here, Kyle Snyder is now the new pitching coach. He had been at AAA Durham for the last few years and did some wonderful things with guys like Blake Snell and uh, Jake Faria and some of the other guys who might be here this year. Matt Quattraro, who I'm I'm, going to have a mouthful trying to get that out, it seems like. uh, Go with Q. Q, Matt Q. Uh, He's going to be our new third base coach, but he's also going to be working with the catchers. And he had been uh, with the Indians for a little while and uh, picked up some, obviously, uh, some insight with uh, Terry Francona while he was there, Ozzie Timmons, a Tampa guy, our uh, our, our new. Uh, there we go. I, lo- I feel I almost felt like I was uh, on uh, Johnny Carson right there. You just mentioned a city, and somebody goes nuts, or uh, you know, but Fallon, Kimmel, whatever the case may be. But you've got him moving over to first base. 
Jason helping out with the hitters. Charlie Montoya moving into the bench coach position. Rocco Baldelli, the Major League Field Coordinator. And then the two guys who are uh, status quo, Chad Matola and uh, Stan Borowski. So just to give you a recap, I mean, we, we had to check out some new things as far as the coaching staff was concerned as well. It's part of it also because there's been some pretty good amount of winning going on in the minor leagues right now. This, this minor league aspect of the Rays – has has gotten a lot better. I mean, you think even four years ago, ranked for whatever you take what it's worth, the Baseball America rankings, whatever, really, in the 20s now are about somewhere between 5 and 10, around number 7 in terms of uh, minor league talent right now. They've won. They're going together as a unit. And those guys that are new here, like Kyle Snyder, like Dave was saying, like Ozzie Timmons, have been a part of that. So those players are comfortable with them. In particular, Kyle, was that a part of that also? Yeah, I think once, um, you know, the vacancies took place and we looked to, to reshape the staff and repurpose it a little bit, uh, that was really important. The, the the trust, you know, Kevin has to have trust in the staff and that collaboration, that feeling of it, the security of all these coaches and, you know, kind of working together and being comfortable with that was really important. But also the players, you know. Um, our staff can click with one another and, you know, they can spend all night sitting in the coach's room, you know, talking about this and that and what they could do better. And that's all wonderful. And that gives them a chance to be better coaches, but they also have to reach the players. And, you know, when you're, when you're bringing people in from the outside that aren't as familiar with your group, there's a honeymoon phase, everyone loves everybody. And then it, okay, well, when somebody struggles now, what happens? And is that trust in place? We know with the group we have with Kyle, with Ozzy, even with Q, you know, who have been around these guys several years ago, some of them. And, that's there. You know, there's a trust within the coaching staff, but there's also a lot of connectivity to our players already, and that's that's something that's really important I think will help with buy-in as we go along. Senior VP and General Manager Eric Neander joining us here on our Rays Countdown to Opening Day show with Andy Freed. I'm Dave Wills, and uh, let's get to it. Uh, let's go back to early December, and uh, uh, the San Francisco Giants are on the phone, and uh, you're, you're working on a trade that's going to involve the face of the franchise, Evan Longoria, and uh, you know, Andy tells me that, uh, you know, his son, uh, Casey, as soon as he found out about the trade, started to cry. We know that Neil started to cry. We know that uh, we've got, uh, you know. Uh, true story. <laughs> true story. Uh, you know, Dennis Phillips, uh, the weatherman, still crying to me about Evan Longoria uh, being traded. Uh, it's never an easy thing, uh, but we did get some guys uh, that uh, should be able to help us maybe now and in the near uh, and maybe even far term. And uh, how tough is that for you, though? Because Evan's been there as long as you've been there. Yeah, um, I laugh because you brought up Neil, uh, but not to, to, to make light of the situation as a as a whole. Um, it, it was something that was incredibly difficult, and you and and still is. You know, I mean, it's not something that you it's going to be weird. You, not you don't flip switches, three, yeah. and yeah, that that stuff. You move on. These are these are human beings that have devoted their lives to this, not just this game, but to this franchise and to this community. And as, as you go through and you make these decisions, there's right, wrong, and different. I'm sure people would judge it from a baseball perspective a lot of different ways, and I recognize there are parts of that that weren't necessarily popular. We did what we felt was best, but you also have to factor, you know, those other things, and um, that's – they're really difficult decisions. We made something – you know, we made a decision that we felt was in the best interest of our organization, not just for 2018, but looking out and beyond. Um, And, you know, a big part of that was what we got back. And, you know, a veteran player like Denard Spann that we can kind of work into our mix here, see how that plays out. Christian Arroyo being, uh, you know, I think, frankly, the most important piece of that deal and a couple of really good arms in Matt Crook, Stephen Stephen Woods. But, you know, Christian's a player that really slots in with this young group of guys we have. You know, we talk about the AAA group and the success they had. He's right there with them. You know, this is somebody that um, really started to take off in AAA at age 21 last year, going on 22 got a taste of the major league, struggled with it, 
not the first person to do that will not be the last um but you know really is wired in a special way you know is from this area this is home to him you talk about connectivity and you know uh, the organization and what you do being more purposeful than just playing a game he, you know some of that's in place with him as well and you know we'll see how it goes but just a really talented high skill player that's wired the right way and we think can you know help us as we look out and try to establish a you know a new wave of continuity and a new wave of growth with these players he can be a part of that it sounds like he will be a big part of it whether it be third base second base you know i'm trying to go around the infield and i i know a lot of the names i'm not quite sure how they all fit in yet uh matt duffy is a guy that we can't not only not forget about but can you give us an update on him? And is would you say, if you had to guess right now, opening day third base? I'll cross some fingers <laughs> and toes and, and, and everything else. And uh, the, there's certainly no need to put any additional pressure on Matt at this point right. and to, to, to play anything up there. Um, when we acquired him, we were, we were fired up to get him. Uh, just a really, really well-rounded player with tremendous baseball intelligence and uh, you know, very excited to get him. At the time, we thought he was going to play shortstop and, you know, so on and so forth. It's It's been a tough year and a half for him. Thankfully, and the update I could give right now as we head into camp is he's, um, all indications are he is finally, um, you know, he, he'll be the first one to say it 100% and, and ready to go. So, uh, you know, he, he is someone that as we're looking at things right now, I say the odds on favor to be our third baseman. Definitely as long as he's healthy, we're going to be counting on him to do a lot of good things for us this year. And, and what people, I don't know, know about Matt Duffy is this is a guy that we didn't really know a whole lot about him when we played him a couple of years ago but the guy had one of the longest game consecutive game streaks going I mean he wants to be on the field he's a guy that is accustomed to playing so this has been really driving him nuts yeah it has been you think about you know being acquired having that type of durability and that stretch with San Francisco and doing the things he accomplished out there you're a big part of a trade you come here and all of a sudden you can't play and and it's dragging out and it's dragging out and he doesn't the guys here haven't really had a chance to see him play National League West Coast there's a lot of reasons that their familiarity with him is seeing him in a trainer's room trying to get healthy and you know that's that's a really difficult thing to uh to go through for him um but certainly he has done absolutely everything that he could have done to put himself back in position to play and our guys see that recognize that and i think there are a lot of people rooting for him and excited to see him in camp this year you know i know Stu back in the day and again we're visiting with eric neander here on our Rays countdown to opening day show where Stu back in the day, and even to this day, will say when you, you think we're going to ying, he wants to yang and try to be a little bit uh, different from some of the other teams. I, I think we tried to go and match the big boys toe-to-toe here the last couple of years by hitting home runs, uh, the, the, the three true the outcomes, whatever you want to call the homers, strikeouts, walks. Uh, we, we had over 200 home runs, as I said. We did some things there, but it didn't necessarily equate to runs. It didn't re- equate to enough wins. I get the feeling that we're kind of maybe shifting back a little bit to what we had in 08. We still had some guys who could hit the ball out of the ballpark, and we still have some guys who can hit the ball out of the ballpark. But to pitch it, to catch it, and to maybe be a little more athletic seems to be what you've been focusing on here for the last couple of years with, you know, again, Kevin Kiermaier being a big part of that. We'll talk to Kevin here in a little bit. But, you know, adding Malik Smith, adding uh, Micah Johnson, adding a few other guys here, some of the younger guys we have, is, is that really a true indicator of, where we might be heading here because, uh, again, yeah, home runs are nice, but they're not going to show up every single night. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, They're good when they show up and when they land on the track or at the base of the wall. I have a few games in my mind where we hit about seven Mm -hmm. to the wall and you end up getting shut out. Those things happen, and and that's the flip side of it. So, yeah, I think, you know, there's a league-wide interest, it seems, in pushing the game towards the younger players and giving them opportunities to go out there and, um, and, and have their moments and, I think we're no different. I think, you know, to, to win, you need talent. 
but it also has to fit together. It has to grow together. And uh, the home runs, the strikeouts, the walks, you know, those are obviously very visible things, but there are a lot of finer points um, that occur in just any given baseball game that's required to win uh, that you don't always get those unless the guys that are all playing together, very familiar with one another, play the game the right way. And uh, I think one of the things that we're probably most excited about one, you know, with a group of young players we have, they have a chance to grow together and we have a chance for continuity, which, you know, in, in our situation tends to be more difficult to come by. So that's something that excites us. The other thing is these guys have won a lot of games. You know, these are winning players and they have their stat lines. You see that part of it, but these guys are all wired in a pretty good way mentally and, and they know how to win. They can do the little things. They really care about the game, respect the game. And that's something with the prospect list, the things you see, you don't always, you know, that's not a big factor there, but it is a big factor for us and is something that, that uh, is certainly very important. And I think it's that, it's the fine details of the game and how it's played and how they can fit together, gel together over time that I think we're we're really excited about. And you never know where it's going to go with young players, but we're cautiously optimistic that we've got a really special group. And defensively, if Duffy is there at third, Echeverria is at short, and that was one guy that I was thrilled that we still have. Uh, and hopefully we'll remain to. At second and at first, I don't quite know the answers yet. Do you know the answers yet? Is the opening day first baseman on the roster right now? Do we know? Yeah, I think the part, I think the way the offseason has gone, in part just given our personnel, um, we, we have some pieces that I think, frankly, we need to learn a lot more about as we get into camp. And I think we have a lot of players that are very capable of fitting on a roster a lot of different ways, which is good from a flexibility standpoint. Uh, but you need to see it play out, you know. So we're going to go into camp with, with an open mind, I think, on the right side of the infield. You know, Brad Miller's somebody that somehow, some way, is definitely going to be in our mix. And, uh, you know, he fought through a lot of things last year health-wise that didn't necessarily even make mm-hmm. it public, but you might have assumed that just kind of looking at the numbers and where the season went, and he'd never be one to make excuses. But to get him back, get him healthy, uh, see how he fits, he's going to be in that mix somewhere. And, you know, we got a lot of young infielders that are going to be, you know, competing for, for opportunity there. We've got some guys who picked up in waiver claims and the like this winter uh, that are going to be in that mix. And we're, I think, really going to have to use camp to see how that all kind of fits together and, and sorts out. But we, we like the group in total uh, in terms of how it looks, you know, when we when we break camp, uh, we're going we're gonna to have to use spring to see that play out. What excites you the most as we close this out? Again, we thank you for taking the time. But here we are less than a week before pitchers and catchers report. As you go into uh, Port Charlotte and uh, get ready to start watching these guys on a daily basis, what are you most excited about? It's a great question. I could I could go for a while here on uh, a lot of different directions. Um, you know, we oh and oh, we're all tied for you know the the hope, the renewed hope, the optimism. You know, I we can oh, tell your excitement right yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of players that you know we were we got to July last year looking mm-hmm. to add. You know, we were in the mix and. Um, you know, obviously trading Evan, you know, in and of itself is not necessarily going to be something that's going to help us in 2018, not going to suggest we're a better team without him than we would be with him. would never, you know, do that. Sure. But we got a lot of young talent that that's about ready to break through and be a part of this group. And you take a group that I think was largely competitive the last year, you infuse that in. There's a chance for, you know, special things to potentially happen. And if it's 2018, you know, we'll take it. If it takes a little longer with some of those guys, it's possible. But uh, really like the mix. A lot of guys that like to play, that, that feed off of each other, uh, that, that, that get along together. And, you know, I think this is a club that 
should be exciting. You know, should bring energy and uh, hopefully for our fans, is fun to watch. This franchise has jumped the line before, as we've mm-hmm. heard. Uh, so uh, maybe we're poised to do the same thing. I, I can only hope. Absolutely. Oh, oh eight, eighteen. Well, uh, they're a little yeah. synergy. We like eight. Eight <laughs> is for. I can't imagine the life of a GM. I know we got to wrap this up, but I mean, how do you make sense of? Of Corey Dickerson had a great first half, not a great second half. Blake Snell, bad first half, great set, got a lot better as it went along. Brad Miller, you're talking about. I, I don't envy the, the the decisions that you have to make. I really don't, because I, I don't know how you make them. Ultimately, because you don't know, these are young guys. But we're gonna we're gonna start getting those answers in about five days. Well, come by the booth. We're never wrong. Yeah, I mean, we're, we have, we've, we're really good at that. We're, 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 we're great. We have never it's made right. a mistake up in the booth. So that's right. Eric Neander, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen, the Rays senior Thank vice you. president of baseball operations. And when we come back on countdown to opening day, we will be joined by the Rays center fielder. That's where we know he'll be, Kevin Kiermaier. That's right after this countdown to opening day, six twenty WDAE. Rays Spring Training Baseball, presented by Visit Tampa Bay, is back. With a Rays combo pack, you'll get one ticket to four spring training games, plus a ticket to a regular season game at Tropicana Field for just $98. This is a savings of up to $50. Again, visit RaysBaseball.com slash spring for more information. Rays up. With Andy Freed, I am Dave Wills. We, again, are inside the Golden Diamond Source Performance Theater, and uh, we appreciate Eric Neander for taking the time out of his schedule to stop by and join us. He got some very uh, interesting insight as to uh, the, the makeup of the roster and how there's still a number of things to do. And then as soon as Eric left and our next guest showed up, a little bit of a buzz in the uh, in the in the room here is uh, uh, the, the guy who uh, to my left uh, created the, a lot of buzz here. And he's created a lot of buzz since he's come to the Tampa Bay Rays. You better believe it. I mean, it's funny, too, when, I, when you hear of players at the end of their careers, I often hear them say, boy, it went so fast. And now Kevin Kiermaier is here, really, really, for about your fifth full season with the Rays. I mean, we first met you in 2013, and here we are now in 2018. You're a veteran uh, of this group, and, and we thank you for joining us here. How much are you looking forward to spring training, getting this thing going already? Yeah, well, thank you guys for having me, first and foremost. Um, I'm, I'm very excited. I've had a long enough off-season, a very productive off-season, getting say, married, yes. watching uh, <laughs> both my brothers getting married as well. That's the wow. the main highlight. But um, like I said, you know, we're here to talk baseball, and I've had plenty of downtime, and I'm ready to start seeing my teammates every day, and I'm ready to start competing again, so... I'm ready to rock and roll. We talked to Eric about it, and Kevin, I mean, you know, you watched Evan Longoria. You came up, and there's Evan in the locker room or the clubhouse, and, uh, you know, his his pedigree and what he brought to the table. What's it like from a teammate standpoint to find out on Twitter or wherever you may have been at that particular time that Evan Longoria is no longer going to be on the race? You know what? I was in a, um, a very small Wisconsin airport. It was right after my little brother's wedding, and me and my wife – and then him and his wife, uh, we did a little winter getaway right before Christmas. And as I'm waiting for our flight, um, I I started getting texts from my buddies. I'm like, what? And sure enough, I checked social media because, you know, it's 2018. And that's what <laughs> how you find out everything nowadays. And uh, it was true. And it shocked me. And it was one of those things where it just didn't, it didn't seem real at the time. Um but at the same time, to remind everyone out there that baseball is not only a game, it's also a business. And uh, that's the business side of everything uh, as far as, you know, how, how Rays, Rays do certain things. And, you know, we might agree or disagree along uh, along those lines. But, you know, I've been asked that 
question a couple different times, and I always say, with all due respect for Longo and what he's done for this organization, life still goes on. We still got to go, got to go out and play and do our jobs, and it, it'll be weird without him in the lineup every day. But like I said, we got to go out there and play the game that we're capable of. Have you given any thought to how it changes your role in this team a little bit? Because, as I mean, I'm kind of joking on how fast this goes, but suddenly you're a guy that, well, I mean, you've always been a guy really that, that is able to speak after games and you talk and you have that leadership role. But now it's a little more real, I think. You know, you, you take out one element and other guys have to come in. And do, have you given any thought to what your role and how that might change with regard to leadership in this, in this ball club will be? Yeah, a little bit. But uh, at the same time, I'm not going to change too much about too much up about what I'm going to do. I, uh, you know, I've been a player, uh, kind of like Longo, you know, he's not much of a vocal guy, but you know, for me, I've always tried to go set an example by the way I play out there on the field. And that's a hundred percent and play hard as I can each and every day. Um, but in, inside the clubhouse, I've, uh, gained respect amongst my teammates over the years. And, and I've said stuff to certain guys and might make a couple guys unhappy, but I feel like I was in, uh, you know, the right lane to to go out of my way and say something in, in a certain situation as far as, uh, you know, what happened in that game. And I want to go voice my opinion on, on that or whatever. And, um, you know, like I said, that's all about gaining respect from your teammates. And there's certain guys who can say certain things in certain situations. And, you know, I'm probably going to have, uh, you know, a greater role when it comes to that. But, I'm I'm still going to go out there and play the way I always do. Hopefully stay healthy this year. I need to avoid those stupid little injuries. But, uh, you know, without Longo here, um, I'm not going to change anything up. But I, I do expect a, a more greater role for me and what's expected out of me. But I'm okay with that. I put myself in this position and I've won it my whole life. And uh, I'm ready for the challenge ahead. Raise Gold Glove outfielder, center fielder Kevin Kiermaier joining us here on our Countdown to Opening Day show with Andy Freedom, Dave Wills. And, you know, with that being said, I mean, the the importance of, of you being on the field. I mean, uh, it, you know, it, we have found out over the last uh, couple of years it, it, it means a few wins. And uh, I think, you know, Andy and I talked about it in the booth a few times. You, you, you slash two weeks off of your uh, uh, DL stint last year, and, and we might have been playing in the postseason. And according to the Central University of Central Florida metrics, we beat the Houston Astros four games to three, so we should be the World Series right. champs. Um, but, Correct. you know, with Correct. that with that being said, uh, you know, we, we ended up a couple of games under 500, a couple of games out of the playoff picture. So how do you balance And have you been thinking about this? Because maybe the best thing is not to think about it, but how do you balance still playing aggressively but also knowing that we need you on the field? Yeah, it it's uh... – it's been in my mind, and, and when I broke my hand in 2016, um, you know, that was my third stint in my career uh, being on the DL, and the other two were from breaking this finger, and then I had surgery here, and those were all earlier in my minor league careers, but I said, if I can just avoid the hand injuries, I'll be okay, and then last year, I broke my hip, and I said, I'd much rather do that when I'm 67 rather than 27, but... You know what happened? I, I would never do these plays if I thought it would hurt me. Um, I just tried keeping an inning alive, and, you know, we were up 6-0 at the time, but I wanted to keep the inning going because, you know, with us, I felt like a, a lead was never safe, and I was willing to do whatever it 
it took to secure a win didn't go in my favor and um but you know I've learned I still have to play the way I'm capable of or else I wouldn't do mm-hmm. my team justice mm-hmm. if I if I ramp it down but at the same time with that being said I know that I have to do whatever it takes to stay on the field and uh you know I uh it, it's hard to go against your instincts when you're out there and you know the heat of the moment is going on but like I said, at the same time, I know I need to stay out on the field, and I'm going to do my best doing that this year. I don't like being labeled as injury-prone. I'm not labeling that. I've had a couple unfortunate uh, happenings the past two years. It's not like I'm out there tearing a quad or always, uh, you know, having cramping muscles, mm-hmm. whatever. It's just, you know, broken bones. It's hard to get away from those. So. And, and the amazing part is these injuries have occurred without you running into Steven Souza Jr. I mean, between <laughs> right. you two guys out there in center and right field, I mean, uh, you guys are flying all over the place. It's amazing that you guys haven't run into each we, other. We have pretty good communication out there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's, he, he's 6'4", 220, whatever he is. I'm not trying to run into him anytime <laughs> soon. I probably won't win that battle. So. Try to try to stay out. Of but how much fun do you two you guys have out there? I mean, we it's, have a it lot looks of like fun. it's a he's nice a, little camaraderie going right now. He's a character, and sometimes I feel like he might cross that line a little bit. That's just him being him. Uh, if you know, I know we all remember that play in Minnesota last year. <laughs> I was about to bring it up when he dove about thirty-five feet from the ball. But he's he's weird, man. But he he means well. He's a competitor. I like playing next to him. It's you know this will be our what is it fourth year this year and uh you know we we have good camaraderie out there that's for sure mm-hmm. always so. love the phrase you got to be an adult to be a big leaguer but you have to have a lot of little boy in you too i mean I, i've just always thought that the more fun i mean w- with winning comes fun but the more fun you have the more relaxed you're doing with it anything in life in any job you have you're probably going to perform better yeah that is so true and we ever since i've been in the you know the major leagues we've had a clubhouse where they allow you to be yourself and and that's huge. And, you know, you don't want to um, – the big leagues, it's a privilege being up here and, and being able to represent a community the way we do. But um, with, with that being said, you, you have to go out there and, and handle your business. But, like I said, for, I've heard stories of different guys where, you know, we get on the planes and the buses on the road trips and you're the last one to get on the plane. You're the last one to get off. You know, we don't do that. Wherever you sit, just – Go, go as, as go with the flow. No one's greater than anyone else. It's just one of those things. Let's go out and win games, and that's all we care about. That, we that just should need be the to main focal point. It really should. Yes. yes, that should be the main focal point. Hopefully, uh, that is the case. Uh, what I asked this of Eric, and you know, again, there's been some changeover. I mean, uh, as I was getting ready for the show, I I kind of put together who's here, who's new who's gone, and I almost used up all my yellow uh, highlighter right there. But, uh, you know, there has been a little changeover. But what excites you the most as you go into this spring training? And and as Andy said, in maybe a little bit of a different role, uh, as uh, I was going to say as a graybeard, but there's no gray there. Well done. It's nicely quaffed there. But uh, what are are some of the things you you are most excited about when you get down to Port Charlotte in about a week? I've I've had this question asked me a couple different times, and I, I know I say this every year, but a clean slate. You know, we we have a fresh start going in 2018. These past four years haven't gone the way we wanted to, but that's that's on us players. We haven't performed to our capabilities collectively as a unit. We've had a lot of good individual performances over the years, but we need to bring it together as a team, and that's what I hope we do 
at a um, you know at a better pace in 2018 because we have the guys to win. We really do. We might not be the the sexiest looking team on paper as far as talent and I think there's some people who goes. might yeah. disagree well, right now, but uh, I'm, I'm just trying to say on paper it, it doesn't it doesn't matter. We might not be able to match up with uh, you know those other teams, but on paper it doesn't matter. It matters out going out there and executing and doing your job and performing. That's what that's how you get wins and losses. And like I said, I just hope we do that at a more winning rate this year because I know I know we're capable of it. We just got to go out there and do it. I know what excites me about seeing you play in 2018 is that your offense seemed to take a pretty big leap mm-hmm. last year. I mean, the defense has been there from the beginning. That's always going to be there. That is, when you think of you, Kevin Kiermaier, you think of defense. Uh, and, and yet, when you came back off the DL, you hit 306 from there for the rest of the way. Your average went up 30 points from the year prior, 15 homers, 16 steals, and Overall, it seemed like you're much more of a threat at the plate. What have you learned offensively, and and what allowed you to take that kind of next step, and then hopefully carry over to this year? I've learned a ton. Um, every year of my pro career, I feel like I've gotten better, and sometimes the numbers might prove it, and sometimes they don't. I'm not a big numbers guy, anyway. But I say that because last year was when I really felt in my element I felt good in my setup and my hands and I've always been a raw athletic type player my whole life and um, I just go out there and I do what's comfortable to me and I finally found where I won my hands and how I won my setup with my legs and everything clicked for me and that allowed me to see the ball and go up to the plate with confidence and um, like I said I just think maturing as a hitter uh, you know have an idea what the pitcher is going to do to you after being up in the big leagues for a couple of years, you you learn things on the fly. And for me, I try to become a student of the game, and that's helped me as far as my production goes. So hopefully, you know, after I came back from my injury, hopefully I can display that for a year and, and see uh, see where that gets me and the team. I'd be good with about 145, 150 games. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I know. I'd be good with that and hitting 300, 30 homers, 30 stolen bases. Wow. No, pre- no pressure. No pressure. Wow. But, you know, I'm just I'm marking that down here. Let's see, 30 homers. 30. <laughs> but, you know, seriously, though, I mean, as we talked about it with Eric, I mean, we, we, we kind of relied on the home run the last couple of years, and it seems like it was nice and, and you know, it was good to see 200 home runs and, and the like. But uh, when, when I think back to the Rays' successful years, it was because of it's you know we hit we had some guys who could hit homers but we had guys who could go first to third who could score yep. from first on a double who could steal the bag who can take that extra bag uh, on a ground ball to the right side do some different things and I think you personify that and and you know and again I think that's where that's how this team is going to get back to where we want to go yeah and and not only me there's so many other guys that um, you know when you think of those Rays teams in the past from 2008 to 2013 there's a lot of speed. And a lot of good defenders out there. And that's something, you know, I think we need to clean up a little bit defensively. But we have a lot of good athletic guys out there who can run a little bit. And, um, you know, we made some nice additions to the team. So it'll be interesting to see how everything plays out. But you're right, you know, we're not going to have Logan Morrison this year. Not going to have Longo. I'm not trying to dwell on the past. But the the big home run numbers, I don't, I don't know if we're going to do that again this year or replicate it. But I, I know we'll have the speed and – um, you know, the athleticism out there and those create runs as well. So, and, you know, and a lot of guys. Runs, and they can prevent runs, which I think right. we need to do you're as right. well. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, guys like, uh, you know, I can hit Homer, Souza, all that's great. But, you know, if you can get more of a well-rounded team where 
like I said, you have a guy go first and third. Those little things add up, and that's how you create runs. So we just have to do that at a better pace this year. You know, I know we got to wrap it up pretty soon, but you said something in the very beginning that I'm having a hard time getting past. You and your brothers, all three of you got married at the same – not at the same time. Wasn't it like a – triple wedding was it or how did that all it was map all out? three of us within a month and a half no and kidding. it wasn't uh me and my older brother um long story short uh you know we we kind of wanted to give each other a little bit of space because you have to think about the females the the women it's all about stealing their shine or whatever no one's <laughs> trying to do that we're just trying to get married like i'm trying to get married early in the off season so i can go on a honeymoon and not feel guilty about getting out of my off-season routine with hitting and lifting and all that. So, and then out of the blue, my little brother decides to get engaged, and we're like, oh, when are you going to have him? He's like, December 16th, and we're just like, what are you doing? But at the same time, you have to do what you have to do for you and your significant other, and they thought the time was was then, and it, it was a great day. It was awesome. So we, we got them out the way. So <laughs> nothing, not a whole lot to look forward to from here on out. But No, uh, that's what happens yeah. if you get married. Nothing to look forward <laughs> to. Yeah. yeah. It, it was fun, yeah. though. It was, it was a great off season, <laughs> and uh, my parents were thrilled with all. Were they so. all big weddings? Yeah, I mean, yeah. They all probably – I think ours was the smallest, and we probably had 170 people. Man. and. My brothers were probably close to around 200, so. And your parents are glad they're sons and not daughters. <laughs> yes, yeah, so. that's right. What an that's right. <laughs> Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was great. When you, when, as we close this out, though, I'm kind of intrigued by your thoughts. As you, you see the Yankees pick up Giancarlo Stanton. And uh, I know that when it comes to that ballpark in the Bronx, uh, the corners and left and right are more like a little league field than a yeah. big league field. But in center field, there's a lot of room to roam. I mean, uh, it, it's got to be maybe kind of intriguing to think that you're going to be having to run down some baseballs, hopefully, that stay in the ballpark. But uh, they're, they're, they're going to have some guys that can mash on that team. Do you pay attention to what the other teams are doing, or are you just, like my mom used to say, don't worry about the Cliffords and the Finns and the Canellises. Worry <laughs> about the Willses. Do you, yeah. do you pay attention to what's going on with other teams? I, I know what's going on around the league, but uh, no matter what the um, acquisition is as far as whoever, I, it, it really makes no difference to me. I know that, you know, you have to fill a position each team every night, and you have to go battle. Um, Giancarlo, great, great talent. But, um, you know, he, he better hit it over the fence because if it's in the yard, I'm going to go run it down. So he better use all his strength. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah. Well, hey, Kevin, again, uh, it's always a pleasure to chat with you. Congratulations. Uh, uh, you know, again, when we had him on the show, what, last year, uh, he, he didn't even tell us that he was going to get engaged right. two days later. I mean, you know, we're we're all about breaking news, but uh, <laughs> anything coming up that we need to know about uh, here, uh, you know, or is everything good? We, I got nothing. I got, <laughs> just wanted we I gave, wanted to give you a platform here, but hey, thank you again for coming thank on. Thank you guys. We'll see you, see you down, down in Port Charlotte. Kevin Kiermaier joining us here on our countdown to opening day show. He'll be sticking around here to say hi and visit with some of you again. Celebrate the return of Rays baseball with great ticket deals and promotions at Charlotte Sports Park. Taking the action with a $15 senior special or enjoy $2 hot dog Tuesdays at the Rays face, the Red Sox O's, and more. Visit RaysBaseball.com to get your tickets today raise up again with andy freedom dave wills we'll take a final time i'll come back and start to wrap it up from our golden diamond source performance theater this is the Rays countdown to opening day show on your home for Rays baseball 620 wdae three times the baseball and three times the spring get your spring training three game packs and enjoy three games great savings and your choice of Rays games starting at just 51 dollars visit raisebaseball.com slash spring for more information, raise up. Again, 
We thank Eric Neander and Kevin Kiermeyer for stopping on by here as we start to wrap up our initial uh, Rays countdown to opening day show with Andy Freed. I'm Dave Wills. We're joined now by our Rays pregame and postgame host, Neil Solons. And Neil will be taking over the uh, reins of our countdown to opening day show beginning in a couple of weeks when we start to uh, shift our broadcast from uh, Thursday night. We'll be back on again next Thursday night from the uh, confines of Tropicana Field where the uh, governor's uh, baseball dinner will be taking place and we'll have some special guests on that particular night but then Neil will take over the show then we'll start having those on the uh, Saturday and Sunday afternoons of our spring broadcast here on 620 WDA and Neil uh, again uh, thanks for taking the time and I know you've been busy uh, during the off season with the podcast with uh, updating us on uh, the goings on and and I know you've had a, a relationship with uh, a lot of the guys in Durham over the last uh, several years where you were the voice of the Durham Bulls and you know I know that we would be in contact with you as to hey what might be coming what might be coming back in the day and kind of got away from that but uh, th- there is a lot of excitement uh, with some of the guys who could be coming up I mean I think what people have to know is the team won the International League last year. The team won the AAA National Championship last year, and they didn't do it with a bunch of 35-year-olds who were hanging on. They did it with 21, 22, 23, and 24-year-olds. I think one of the youngest team, if not the youngest team, in AAA last year. And and not only that, they set a strikeout record for, in terms of their pitching staff, not only for the league, but for all the minor league baseball of all time. Now, I know part of that's the age that we live in, where guys are willing to strike out a little bit more as a hitter, but I mean, there are a lot of a lot of young kids to like. I think to me, what's going to be enjoyable about spring training is just getting to know these guys a little bit better. Because now some of them are truly competing for jobs. They're not just going to be there, um, you know, to get their feet wet. They're going to be there to compete. So the main storylines of spring training heading in, besides getting to know each other, are, and I don't know, because I, I don't know how fully formed this roster is right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I think that actually would be probably at the top of my list. So who's who else will be new when we get to the end? Because if you remember, even last spring training, Jesus Sucre, I think, got signed, what, a day or two into spring training starting, and Derek Norris was brought in the last week, and those were your two catchers on opening day. And we weren't even talking about them at this point because they weren't even with the organization. So I, I would think that one of the things is expect change, but what's it going to be? Um, and then the other thing I think is is getting to know the young players because I really do think that Eric and, and Haim and Matt have done a terrific job bringing up the core because in 14, when Matt took over, the, the minor league system was probably ranked in the bottom third of the league. And now most people have him ranked anywhere from fifth to seventh of the 30 clubs. That's a pretty dramatic turnaround without having the top one of the top five picks over that stretch on a regular basis. I will say this. I mean, the, the years of winning are what it's all about. Eight, mm-hmm. 10, 11, and 13. But the cupboard was bare. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the time Andrew left... There wasn't a whole lot going on in this farm system right now. So I, I think it has taken a lot of patience and sticking with that plan to get this rebuilt. Now, can they make the next step and become major leaguers? I yeah, mean, that's, that, that's, that's it. Look, and that's the challenge. Right. Um, and, and, you know, it's also going to be a, an adjustment. I mean, you guys talked about Evan. And, and while it was joked that I cried a little bit, um, uh, it, it actually it was. Wasn't I, joking. I wasn't joking. <laughs> it wasn't true. But, but actually, my daughter, the first words I, I – so I know what, you know, when families are – and we've got some, some youngsters here tonight – um, and I'm sure who are listening, the first, my, my daughter, my oldest daughter, who's now 11, she found out when she came home in school. So I didn't get to tell her. She found out in school. And the first four words out of her mouth were, Dad, 
we need to talk. So, <laughs> so, so I, you know, I, look, I understand and empathize and sympathize with everyone who's going through an adjustment period, and there will be some, I think, even for us in spring training, too. And speaking of some of the uh, the young juniors at the ball uh, show today, we've got uh, some of the folks from the Children's Dream Fund here today, and we, uh, again, welcome them and thank them for coming on by. And uh, I know the Rays have been involved with them over the last uh, several years, and we thank them for everything that they do. And, you know, again, dreaming is free when it comes to this baseball team. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you look at what's going on with us, and I, I think my biggest concern right now is the bullpen. I mm-hmm. mean, I know what Kevin said. He broke his hip when he was trying to extend a 6 nothing lead because no lead was safe. And last year, no lead was safe in the first half of the season until about the, the ninth inning when he could get the ball or the eighth inning get the ball to Alex Colomay. Uh, there's going to be a lot of change here. When I look at some of the guys who left, you look at, uh, you know, again, Steve Ciszek. You look at Tommy Hunter. You look at uh, Sergio Ramos, who did some nice things. Uh, Brad Boxberger had his uh, positive moments uh, over the last uh, couple of years. That, that if there's an area of concern right now for this Rays team, it probably would still be in the bullpen. Yes. And, you know, again, it's all about pitching, I think. Uh, we're not going to be able to match the Yankees and the Red Sox, even the Blue Jays and possibly the Orioles offensively. So we're going to have to figure out ways to prevent runs and it starts with pitching. I think so. And I think they're probably going to add at some point some bullpen guys. But I do think the future's bright in that they've got now five guys who throw 96, 97, 98 plus. Jamie Schultz, Jose Alvarado, Ryan Stanek, Diego Castillo, and a kid who's also got a non-roster invite, Nien Jabot. And I'm anxious to see all five kids because at some point, I really think that's going to be a good core of your bullpen. All right. If I'm a caller after the game and he'll take calls after the games, I'm going to put completely put you on the spot here. Come opening day, is Alex Colomay still a Ray? Is Jake Lodorizzi still a Ray? Is Corey Dickerson still a Ray? Or, or, in other words, is that still a question, or can we let our guard down that they will be with the Rays? Uh, how about I go with the meatloaf segment and say two out of three ain't bad? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm trying to get angry Neil on the phone. Here. That's what I want to do, but, <laughs> He's not coming out uh, yet. He, um, Let's it, wait. I, I, think that, I, I think if we would have asked Eric Neander, spring training is not over for him. I think he's still going to be very, so. very busy mm-hmm. between now and March 29th and even into the season as well. Neil, we'll be seeing you at FanFest. We'll be seeing you down in Port Charlotte, Punta Gorda, all around. And uh, I just and want to know why I didn't get the men- memo to wear the black shirt and the khaki pants today. <laughs> Neil and I, get, we dress alike way too often. It's One not... of these things is not like the other. Right? <laughs> no, it is not. Nope. Neil, we'll speak to you, of course, next week also on Countdown to Opening. Yeah, you got it. Thanks, Neil. You got it. Well, we, David, that's it. Our first show is pretty much over. we got to wrap things up. The Countdown to Opening Day, it's a presentation of the Rays Radio Network. The executive producer of the Rays Radio Network is Larry McCabe. Tonight's show produced by Chris Miller. Studio engineers Steve Carney and John Mamola. Our production assistants Matt Infield and Michael Stern. Dave, we will see you next Thursday. Look, I'll see you Saturday, actually, at FanFest. We'll see you there. We will be there for Dave, for Neil, and thanks to our guests. Eric and Kevin, I'm Andy Freed. We'll see you next week. This is Countdown to Opening Day on 620 WDAE. Thank you for listening to Countdown to Opening Day. Line drive caught by a leaping Echeverria. Saves the day at number two. If you missed any of the show, download it at RaysBaseball.com slash podcasts. So the 3-2 pitch on its way to Jose Batista. Swing and a miss. He struck him out as Batista is put away by Archer. For tickets or for more information on the Rays, visit RaysBaseball.com. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. It's a shutout to end 2017. The Rays win it by the final score of 6 to nothing and bring on 2018.